You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Rapoff. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 5-6 of the Bulldog Hour. I'm Joe May. Sitting here alongside me is my co-host, Justin Rapoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here again, and uh, we're, we're really closing in on uh, things ramping up and regular season starting and all, all kinds of good stuff. So yeah. It, it's quickly approaching. And this is a, a special, like, interstitial episode here because we just were on a couple nights ago to broadcast our coach dom's interview but we're back and we want to uh let everyone hear from some of the assistant coaches that will helping will be helping out coach dom's during the 2019 season attempted to uh, connect with a few but just the way the schedules worked out i didn't get to talk to as many people as i had hoped for so we're going to try to catch up with them on friday evenings this say, fall i was gonna say we we Usually touch on this as the season comes around, but you know when things go well on Friday night, we usually get to talk to some of those guys. Right? Um, not that they they've never said no to us, honestly. Like in terms of like <laughs> you know what I mean, like in terms of like no access to anyone. But that's usually I feel like because we have a pretty good idea of when to ask. Right. And, uh, if things aren't going well, we don't want to put them in a position to say no. So exactly. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, so hopefully, even though we don't didn't talk to a ton of them, we, we got a few good ones here, and uh, we'll also get to talk to lots of them on Friday nights this this fall. That would be great. Yeah, I said the same thing about a few of the players that I didn't get to talk to. You know, there was a variety of them. Uh, Matt Fry m- missed out. I didn't talk to Eli Rotenberg. Uh, you know, there's a there's a couple guys that I didn't get to right. speak with during the player interviews. Just, I had gotten to a point where I had so many, and, and a few of them, had other obligations at the time that I wanted to talk with them. So uh, we'll, we'll try to grab those. And, of course, we open it up to underclassmen once the games get started. We keep the, the preseason stuff to seniors, but then once the games get going, we'll talk to anyone, anyone that had a big night, we will interview. So uh, before we jump into the interviews with defensive coordinator Ernie Wolber and uh, one of the new coaches this year, assistant defensive line coach Chase Godfrey, we want to just quick run through our normal stuff, and that is, um, you know, our show sponsors and how you can support us and give you information on upcoming stuff. So we want to thank uh, my dad, Bill, at May's Sandwich Shop for his continued support, as well as our anonymous donor that re-upped with us this year. We appreciate everything that they do for us. And again, if you want to support us, there's multiple ways you can do so. Sponsorship and advertising is an option, as are the in-kind donations. Visit the website, not just uh, to help us out by spreading the word, but, you know, hits are always a good thing. You know, getting people, are all positive things. spreading information. But again, spreading the word, liking and sharing, like Justin always says, that's a huge help for us. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, follow us, like us, retweet us, and just, uh, you know, just share, share it around and get our information out there. Now, we will have another show coming up in just a few days. We're going to cover... The Bulldog game against, excuse me, the Bulldog scrimmage against Parkland and then do our Central Dolphin preview. That'll be coming this weekend, just a few days from now. And uh, don't know exactly when it's going to happen because we actually have a fantasy draft uh, on Sunday night. So we might be doing it a little bit 
different timing. We'll see how that goes. I think and there's a trophy presentation with that? Something like that, there? yeah. We'll see. I don't, I'm not really sure. We might ignore that. I'm pretty sure there is. I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty sure there is. But, you know, if, uh, if you follow us, like you should be, you will know when that next show will be. And we will be talking about the scrimmage and previewing the first game against Central Dolphin. But Yeah, don't worry. We'll make it happen. <laughs> I don't think we have to wait any longer, so let's dive into these interviews. First up is my conversation with Wilson alum and current defensive coordinator, Ernie Wolver. And it was another great one. It's about you know 40 minutes long. We had a great conversation. It's always a great interview. Yeah, it is a great interview. We look forward to talking to him every year. And I let him know that only he and Coach Dom has been on every preseason show that we've done. So, yep, it's a good one. Let's get to it right now. Well, I want to thank you, Coach Wolver, once again for joining us on the Bulldog Hour. I think you and, and Coach Dom is the only ones that have ever been on every single year. Wow. But it's an honor. <laughs> it, well, we're always happy to have you here with us because um, I think uh, people look forward to hearing what you have to say. Because while there's always some coach speak with everyone, I think you and, and Doug, to an extent, are, are able to give us some appropriate answers that maybe people didn't expect to get. So okay. we like talking to you for sure. Um, Pretty easy and generic to start off. Just how has your offseason been so far? How are summer? How did summer camps go? Your practices, and now that we're in it, heat week. How's that going? We, um, I mean, we had a good season in the weight room. You know, ending school in June. It's usually the strongest we are at that point because uh, we're lifting five days a week, and then in the summer we go to three. But uh, no, the kids had a great spring. Um, we had good spring practices. Um, missing some of the baseball guys because they went deep. Which congratulations for them. But the summer's been great. I mean, we had. Great intensity. We've had great effort. We've had enthusiasm. Um, leaders are starting to step forward. Um, then we go to Laval camp, and uh, you know, you go up there and you want to get better, but you also want to come out healthy. And I think this is the first year we came out of camp with a couple bumps and bruises, but nothing severe, nothing no broken major. bones, nothing, no, no major sprains or contusions or anything that's going to keep people out for a period of time. Yeah. And we we have been into a very competition. You know, Southern Columbia. You know, between Fleming, who's the fifth-ranked player in the country right, right. now. Yeah. Um, but they also, what I didn't realize, so I went there, they have a lineman that's a big-time kid, and they have three linebackers that are going to Michigan State, yep. Michigan, and Wisconsin. So it was nice seeing that kind of competition. And it was I was pleasantly surprised we did, we did we did okay against them. We did we held our own, good. which is good. Yeah, Lebanon Valley camp or team camp throughout the years is always a talking point for the players as a point where it's like the season is kind of here like mm -hmm. it, and everything comes together and there's always a huge amount of team unity that happens yeah. it's one of the highlights that the kids always mention every year when i say you know what's your wilson highlight so far and i tell them it can be anything and a lot of them pick team camp especially their senior year well they're together for those you know three and a half days they sleep in the dorms or you know we're in two floors and they see each other they you know they play fat guy poker for, for food <laughs> um but they have a good time you know there is some bonding and it's nice because they're some of the freshmen who are going to be sophomores coming up doesn't don't know the other guys and they go out there and then they get to eat dinner with them they get to you know talk to them eat walk with them hang with them they have some team bonding events up there so they have a really good time so it's a good camp before we look ahead to, to this season, let's look back just quickly at 2018. 8-4, shared league title, um, make it to the second round of playoffs where you lost to the eventual state runner-up, a very good squad in Harrisburg. Um, you know, Looking back on last season, what was your biggest takeaway you know, as a coach looking at the team or maybe you, you defensively, philosophy? What, what was 2018 about? Um, 
We went eight and four. I remember 11 and a half of those games. <laughs> we played 12 because the second half of Warwick, I kind of blacked out because that was probably the most frustrating, um, embarrassing unit that we've ever put out there. I mean, the kids, don't get me wrong, not that they didn't try, just everything worked for Warwick's that hurt. But, I mean, the season at all, but in the last year, wanting to be the to be league champ. I mean, we were tri-champs, which, you know, is okay, but we wanted to individually win it. Um, we go to districts. We ended up playing Harrisburg. I mean, you take away the first eight minutes of that game, and it's yes. a different football game, but the wind, and we were hoping for, you know, bad weather, but it, it was just the wind, and we got hit with it. Um, but it was, we, we were young. I mean, we're returning all four of our defensive starters on the line, we're returning secondary guys. So we're young, we got better. Um, and the kids realized at that point, Harrisburg, which is runner up, beat Coatesville, you know, playing there, playing at the finals. And they realized, hey, we can play with these guys. So I think we came out. I was a little upset with the finish of the year, but I think the kids came out thinking we can compete. And they had a positive outlook, and that kind of, you know, progress to the season, and there's a really positive outlook on the team right now. Yeah, you got to almost use that as a springboard when you got so much talent and experience coming back. You know, you mentioned already that basically the entire defensive line back and even some of the rotational guys played, got time last mm-hmm. year in meaningful moments too, yes. especially against Harrisburg. So it's interesting to uh, to see that, you know, dichotomy. You know, the co- coaches and players are also disappointed, but they some of them have taken that, like, well, look at the positives we've got a lot coming back and we hung with this team yeah. that beat very talented teams across Absolutely. the state. Um, so. It kind of reminds me a little bit. I mean, I don't think we're the same level in 2008 when we came back and we had a really strong team. We lost to Harrisburg in a district semis <laughs> in overtime, 17-14. Yep. Missed four field goals, bad, bad, anyway. yeah. bad memories. But I'm not going to say we, we look that good. But the team reminds me of that because Harrisburg was loaded that year with talent, loaded with that talent. And our kids really realized, wow, we can play with these guys. And it kind of, I'm not going to say we're at that level, but I think we're approaching that as far as the attitude with the kids. They're just, they feel they can play. And they, I mean, they keep talking about the word dominate. And, you know, they're not trying to get billboard material to other teams. They're just saying, we want to dominate every team we play. And, and we haven't had teams think that way for a long time. So it's a nice, it's a, it's a very refreshing attitude to have. It's amazing what kind of, if you have the positive and good mentality going into things, good things tend to happen. And sometimes if you're expecting the worst, that's what, that well, that's what occurs. Absolutely. So going in prepared, ready, and thinking we are going to win this game yes. could make a huge difference. You, you mentioned it and let's talk about it just briefly. Cause I know it was an incredibly frustrating experience, but Justin and I tend to not come to you guys after losses. Mm-hmm. So Warwick, we didn't want anything to do with anyone. I think everyone wanted to get out of there and go home. Mm-hmm. Was that just a confluence of, everything just like a bad matchup what what exactly was going on i mean scheme wise we didn't play this we didn't do well with the scheme we tried to play um and i'll i'll take full responsibility for that which i always do i mean i'm responsible for defensive play and we were some of the schemes we're using the kids didn't fully understand and i didn't realize that during the week and they took advantage of some of the things that we weren't doing well i mean locker is a nice coaching staff his quarterback completed i think every ball he ever threw (laughs) for like 500 crazy yards. I don't know. It might have been 600. I don't know. But it just, every time they had an opening, the ball was put in the, their quarterback was dead on that night. He completed everything he threw and it was short throws. Like I think he only threw deep a couple times. Yeah, it wasn't very, it was very No, but it was short and, you know, a slant bang, 40 yards, slant bang, 80 yards. I mean, it was, and the thing is going into that game, we go in and, you know, it's, we're down by, I guess, nine and we're going down. It's fourth and goal to two or something mm-hmm. like that. We score. It's a different football game. We don't. Next thing you know, they hit a 95 yard touchdown yep. pass. And I kind of broke our back, but I'll take responsibility for that because what we're trying to teach the kids is 
you know, between man and our zone coverage that we play, there was a little confusion. And I didn't recognize early enough in the week. I thought we were doing okay. But, again, our scout team guys don't have the speed. They have Warwick had right. and experience. So they couldn't simulate it well enough. So it was kind of – I take that for not recognizing we weren't ready to play. Um, and they just took advantage of matchups at that point, you know. And the big part of it is, like, a lot of our matchups, losing Nick. And I don't want to say throw it on Nick, Nick, Nick. But losing him in that game, that's a whole different football game because now we can make all the adjustments we want to make. And not that, you know, Greg or Cooper or Avanti, whoever was playing line, I forget who was a linebacker that game. But um, not that they can't do it, but just Nick's experience of telling two years. Right. He knew he, he knows the defense almost as well as I do. Right. And he almost thought before me. So that kind of hurts that game. But that was a game that I just couldn't wait to get home. <laughs> and I kind of honkered down in the house for a little while. Yeah. Well, I know. And you, we, we talked about it in the past, you know, that you're very open about it now. But I understand being in the moment that, like, I, I, everyone was shell-shocked. I don't think anyone knew. Like, we were just like, what's going on? It, yes. was, it was a surreal feeling, and I've been back now a decade, and that was, I've never experienced anything like no. that. Even, like, us doing that to someone, even. Like, yeah. you know, there's games that, you know, we're, but we're expected to do it, or we knew yeah. going, yeah, you know, whatever it is. But for that to happen to us, I, don't, I think everyone was like, this is just, nothing's happening, go, nothing's going our way. No. Chalk it up, move on. Let's get out of there and go and, you know, plan on not losing another league game and be playing, you know, playing for the tri-championship, yep. so. Um, before we look at the players on this year's team, let's look at the, at the schedule because we do get Warwick here at home this year. But those guys that were so devastating to the team last year are back. McCracken, mm-hmm. only going to be a junior quarterback. Mm-hmm. Glass, who is coming off a knee injury that he mm-hmm. suffered, but is back. Um, what What are you looking forward to this year? Is Warwick one that you certainly have circled or the amazing home slate that you guys have? Is there one game in particular just like, man, I can't wait to get to that one? I mean, I know it's week by week. I know, I know, yeah, I I know. I'm a boring guy that way. That's what I think. <laughs> I mean, and I'll be more honest about it. I mean, Central Dolphin, we've beaten in four years. Yep. That's a huge. Doug huge, pointed that out, too. And believe me, the kid, I didn't, honestly, I knew it, but I don't talk about it. This is the guy to the kid's mouth. They're talking about it. Like, this is something that, that they, and I started to buy into what they're saying and actually add little things to that. Um, so that's a huge, I mean, I look at Central Dolphin being a huge, a huge, Point for us to find out where we're at. It's a I mean, they're always game. a tough team. They're well coached. They're they're big, strong, physical, athletic kids. So I look at that game, but you know, obviously, look, Mifflin's Mifflin with you know with Singleton, who's really getting a lot of press, and he deserves it. He's an outstanding athlete, and just an opportunity to match up against them. You know, and you know, Spring Forward, Spring Forward, Chad Brubaker. You don't want to lose to Chad Brubaker. <laughs> you know, and then you go to Mayheim Central, which is a huge. <laughs> so is there one game? Yeah, I can't play to a Warwick, but unfortunately, that's later on. Yep. But there's some big, you know, yeah. Townships before Warwick. I mean, there's our schedule this year. I mean, I'm looking. I mean, Spring Forward and every every team we play, there's something that kind of going to motivate us a little bit more. Um, but the home slate, hopefully, can if we hold serve at home, we could have a very nice year. Oh, absolutely. Um, but looking at the teams, like I said, there's certain reasons to play everybody. Like, I can't wait to play Central Dolphin to try to knock them four years in a row. You know, Mifflin, that's all I got to say. Mifflin, yeah. Um, Spring Forward, don't lose to Chad. We're not playing him after this year. Yep. So, and his son's on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I want to beat Chad. I mean, honestly, he wants to beat us, too. You know, we want to beat him. Uh, Bayheim Town, Bayheim Central last year went down there and played a great game and couldn't pull it out. So, we'd hope for opportunities to win that one this year. And they've got a big time recruited quarterback. Nice exactly. to stop him. Like, he did exactly. almost the entire game last yes. year. And then we go into the league play, and there's always a, you know, winning that league. So, Every game is important, and yeah, you know me. I work on the week one first, and that's what my focus is. But I'm not looking ahead, but I know what's ahead. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I'm excited. I'm gonna, I'm excited for the year. Yeah. I really, I'm excited to get after it. Not that we're gonna be a dominant team and kill everybody and dominate, but I'm excited for the opportunity to play those teams again. So I think we match up a little bit better this year with some teams we did last year. Yeah, and this has kind of been a theme with Wilson teams for probably at least the last 
half decade, last five years, the non-league slate has been exquisite. There haven't been, you know, pushovers or gimmies. They've mm-hmm. been, we're going to go to battle every single week. Absolutely. And while there's a positive of it preparing the team for close games, tough opponents, you also have to worry about the injuries and the attrition, oh, yeah. which was a big problem the last two years. Absolutely. Two years ago, you know, the secondary was destroyed in 2017. Oh, yeah. And then last year, you know, I, Doug told us yesterday during the interview, for a majority of the early part of the season, I think you're missing eight starters, yeah. you know, when you talk count on both sides of the ball. And, you're and special young, teams. You're putting young people in positions and in special teams. And it's just, it's it's hard to stay focused. And we went, we were a fourth punter one time. And when do you lose three punters? Right. <laughs> I mean, it was just it's unheard of. Unheard yeah. of. So, focusing on the players for this year in 2019, um, on the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned already defensive line, pretty uh, solid, a lot of guys back. Is there a position group that's a little lacking in terms of returning experience? Is there a spot that's a, a little up for grabs? Um, a little bit, not much, honestly. I mean, up front we have I mean, our four starters back, but we have three or four guys that worked in, as you said previously. Uh, they worked in, so we're, we have experience up front and we have some depth. Um, at linebacker, um, you know, I mean, Alante's back. He's going to be solid. He's a tremendous athlete. But I look at a kid like Cope, Coper. Um, he is just – he works so hard. And, I mean, he got um, most improved player camp at Alabama Lebanon Valley. Him and Eli Rottenberg got it. Um, but, I mean, a kid like that, he is just leaps and bounds better than last year. You know, um, Hoekstra, who plays outside linebacker, played last year, finished year at 168. He's up, like, 195. Um, so he's a bigger, stronger kid version. Um, the other outside linebacker spot, there's Johnny Wildman, um, Crump, um, AJ Futrick, uh, Williams, um, Jaden Jones, who's, who's going to be a sophomore. sophomore. Yep. Um, there's a lot of guys vying for that spot, but it might be like a game plan, like game week to week, what we need done. Right. Um, and a secondary, um, you know, having Corson and Fry back there, who's been our safeties for two years, is like they know as much as we do. Like I was at practice day, I said something to Troy, he goes, I know that. I'm sorry, Troy. I forgot. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, my bad. You know, I know. And he didn't say it rudely. Just, coach, I've done this before. And that's the those guys have that. Um, but the, the corner is going to be interesting. Um, Caleb returns. Um, and then on the other side, we could have uh, – it could be Eli Rottenberg. Again, what a great camp. It could be um, Mason Leonard. It could be Juju, um, Julian Smith. Um Gibble, Alex Gibble has done a tremendous job in the offseason. He's working in the secondary. So I don't think I can't say it's a weaker part of the a part of the unit. Um it's just depth is my concern. Up front we have depth, linebacker we have some depth, but it's secondary, we don't have a lot of depth. So we gotta get some of the young kids up to speed as soon as possible. Now you mentioned the two safeties, Fry and Corson. Um and Wilson has traditionally been for as long as I can remember and probably as long as you can remember, four four, but with mm-hmm. two safeties. Is someone coming off the field? You go do roll more with like a, a four three. Uh, um, Fryer five two. Fryer course. Do they rotate field. to a cornerback position? Fry is a very good corner. Okay, and he can roll up the corner, and that'll give us some more opportunities to do some things. Um, plus, Troy may roll up the outside linebacker a little bit in some situations because okay. um, we have teams. You know, we try to match personnel as best we can. Sure. And if they're coming out and you know they have a four receiver set that they have to come some kind of power run set, we can. You know, reduce Troy down to weak oh, side outside linebacker okay. and play Matt at safety and actually give us some more options, uh, options to do. Well, scheme flexibility. Exactly, yeah. That's... And again, with his intelligence, of, I mean, he's only, I feel like I've coached for 10 years, right. but I have two more years. <laughs> right. so it's next. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's definitely great and to he, have. What's nice to know is he kind of knows what all the linebackers and all the secondary and he's starting to learn what the fronts are doing. Like, he's going to leave here. He can step in and coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
how about not necessarily focusing on um, you know senior players to step up, but how about um, someone that you think could break out uh, underrated? You mentioned Coper and and Hoekstra being bigger and stronger mm-hmm. this year. They played a lot last year. Maybe Coper wasn't expected to as much mm-hmm. until Nick Johnson was injured. Yeah. But who's someone that you think could have a breakout season for your defense this year? Um, I think. Uh... A deep five. Right now, we're playing. We have kind of two sets of line. We have a big, strong group of linemen that are going to play more against your run teams. But then, when you go much more spread teams, we're going to have some more athletic kids defensive end. And I mean, I look at a kid like um, Schroefer who plays defensive okay. end, a speed guy. Mm-hmm. I look at a kid like Capitano at the other end. Um, and these two kids, like at camp, uh, Central. I mean, Southern Columbia, they come block them. Like actually, the one play, I think he, I think Cappy had a sack at one point two seconds. Because he just was so fast. He's, and don't forget, he's a sprinter. He's a sprinter, right. I mean, he's, the counties, he finished like third or fourth in the county. Yep. He's a lot like Rosa-esque. You know, Jordan, I mean, Austin Rose, who played for yep. us, he's a lot like Austin in that pack where he's going to give us that little speed. And I'll tell you, when he gets going, he's tough to block. Um, so I could see those two being role players but making huge contributions when they have to. Um, besides that, um, you know, I could see Coper really coming to his own this year. I think Avante finally has a confidence. We knew for two years what he's capable of, and now he realizes what he's capable of. So we have guys really fitting into their own, coming into their own. And it's, I mean, up front, we're strong, we're big. We know, I mean, our front four with Colson, um, we call sure. him Ace, John Ventura, Ace. Ace Ventura, Benino, <laughs> and Keller, um, and those guys are just—we know what they—we know what they're showing. You know what? They've done the same thing for three years, and they're going to continue to do it. Those guys are just solid. Um, but I could see us getting some of those athletic defensive end types ending up having a big years for us. Maybe surprising a few people after you know you. As the season went on last year, we got to see, especially Capitano, um, get step on the field. I know he was a big part of the Harrisburg defense yes. because of uh, Kane mm-hmm. um, stopping yeah. him, which I'd lo- I would love to talk about that Harrisburg game a ton, but I don't want to look back on 2018 I because you. You, talk, you said the first eight minutes, you take away those 20 points or whatever, all of a sudden it's 16-12 and you're in a battle. You play pretty good defense. Yeah, oh, absolutely, that, 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 but the start of that game. But, yeah, let's yes. not go back there. Okay. Um, you personally, you know, everyone's talking about Coach Dom's needing six, I think it's six wins to tie um, John Gursky's head coaching record, seven to break it, and mm-hmm. people are thinking, well, with a great year this year or a typical Wilson year, he's going to get there. Um, but you're at 195 as an assistant coach. You didn't know that. Did know okay, that. well, you're at 195. Okay. Um, if I can do any kind of math, if, if, if the stats book is right, you're at 195 wins okay. as assistant coach. So, you know, a, well, a well below average Wilson year, you're going to get to 200 this year, and then with the year that most people are expecting, you'll you'll easily get to 200 this year. What what does that mean to you, knowing that you're closing in on such a huge milestone, uh, just personally? Um, I know you know about the old advantages. I don't think about. It. I really I don't like. Like you said, you told me the wins. I don't know what I have. I mean, there was a plaque down there, but I don't even look how many wins <laughs> I have on it. Um, it's just. I mean, I, I It's an honor. I mean, you know, to be with, be around great coaches, you know, to be around Doug. I mean, to play for John Gursky, first off. Playing for John Gursky is a huge honor, and he still has a great, he still has a special place in my heart. You know, looking at Coach Slemmer, who was a head coach here, and Slemmer was my coach, and he became almost like my mentor. I mean, I look at him, and he helped me a lot of personal situations and helped me with my coaching career. You know, I take what I can from Jim Contafio. You know, Jim was here for six, seven years, and I really got some positive things to Jim. And then Doug, who was my coach, and now was my, now is my friend, one of my best friends, and we spend a lot of time together socially. Um, it's it's an honor to be around such special guys, you know, and not even our head coach on with Doug, but all the coaches on the staff. Like it's everybody's contributed so much, and you know, I know people. You know, a lot of people 
think we're bad people or we're arrogant or whatever we are. But, you know, some of my best friends from other school districts and tell people they're not like that. They're just, they're regular guys just want to be successful. And it's an honor to be in that number. Um, 200 wins is pretty cool. I mean, tell you the truth. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. How many losses do I have, you know? Um, I, I don't know that off the top of my head. I'm curious I, about that. I, it's not going to be a lot. You, your first year was fall uh, on the varsity staff was fall 2000. Yes. Okay. That was my so sophomore I, year. So I'd assume I'm probably in say in the thirties or forties and losses. It can't be that much. I mean, the, I, I will let you know. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and do math honestly, in my the head. Win, the wins are good. But I, the losses. Keep them low. Keep them low. That's yeah. my goal. Will be yeah, least amount of loss. We don't yeah. even know. It'd be great for yeah. winning percentage. But but no, it's just and again, I I just I put stuff on the board and teach the kids and Friday nights they go out and execute it and you know you know we get the wins but you know what it's the kids that really earn the wins you know we just hopefully put them in position not try to mess them up. <laughs> well, you've been doing a pretty good job of it. Thank you. <laughs> so well, yeah, I mean, I guess so. This is your twentieth season then. Yeah, twentieth season. Yeah, here. Excellent. High school, so yeah. Um, um, I had, I'd hoped to talk to Matt Bender, but we celebrated with him or let him know a couple of years ago. Congratulate him on his 200th victory okay. as a coach because he was, I think, two years before you. I think yeah, he was 98, exactly, yeah. uh, Cantapio's first year. Yeah, I was still when, at Southern at that time. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's sitting at 214. So uh, just uh, in 2017, I let we, Justin and I afterwards, we just said, hey, oh, by the way, congratulations. That was your 200th coaching victory. And he had no idea either. Wow, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I mean, because I go back, I mean, me coaching at, I was at Central Catholic, I was at Albright College, I was at Reading High. So, I mean, it was, I had years there too, and it's like, I wonder my overall, I would have to go back and look yeah. at that sometime. Yeah, that, that would be interesting right? to, to see what what that would be like. But yeah, almost almost at 200 as in a Wilson assistant. That's, though, that's, so. it's, it's in, I mean, 200 wins, it, it, it's, I mean, it means I'm getting old. <laughs> that's one way to look at it. <laughs> yes. Um, but no, we've had some success, and the kids have put hard work into that. So. And um, this year is the 75th season of Wilson football. It's, it's hard to think that it's at that point because I remember when I was growing up being here for the 94 season when mm -hmm. we were celebrating 50 years yeah. of the football program. And here we are at 75, and we got events happening in this October. Um, the, coincidentally, wasn't done on purpose, just the way it worked out. The game against Warwick is the night that the Tradition Club is welcoming back past championship teams, okay. one of which you were a part of. It was uh, 1969, then your 1979 team, or your sophomore on that team? Yeah, sophomore on that team. Yeah. Um, 89 team, which went to the state final. Mm -hmm. 99, um, which was uh, an incredible year. They with lost Pete Gilmore, the lost to Becca yep. High in the uh, state semifinals yeah. and uh then 2009 another team that you're familiar with uh, as a coach as well yes. so um we're welcoming those guys back and i have them here uh to uh honor them at halftime of that game guys. yeah it'll be a lot of fun some yeah. of them have been back recently for other teams yeah. uh, we did 69 for um you know one of the first three title teams i think in 2017 but uh since they're celebrating the 50th season of of their accomplishments in 69 that we were thought uh this would be a good year to recognize them again and actually coach doms was the one that said hey Years that end in nine are pretty good at Wilson, so maybe we should uh, we should uh, get them all back here and maybe continue it exactly. this year. Exactly. Sounds so, good to me. Um, so looking back um, at the time that you were here as a player and the time you've been now um, working at 20 years as a coach, who do you think is one of the more overlooked or underappreciated players or coaches from your time with the program so far? <sighs> That's a tough one. <laughs> um, there are so many, I mean, and I – my memory, once I mean, I have some time when the kids graduated. I mean, it's just I, so many players coming through. Oh yeah, and it's tough to pick them out. I mean, I mean, I. But the thing, the thing I'm really proud to say is, every year I've been a coach and or player, we always had a senior or two who nobody counted on. Yep. Just all of a sudden doing something and just really, really being a key cog in the team. 
Um, and that's something, you know, like I said, I could rattle off some names and I know I'm going to miss some, so I don't want to say any names, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's neat to see a kid come in and work for three years and wait his time and wait his time and wait his time. And then all of a sudden he's thrust into the spotlight and sometimes by injury, cause sometimes that's starting the beginning of the year. Yep. And sometimes he's forced to actually do the injury and watching them kids succeed and watching them grow, not as an athlete, but as a person, um, and become a young adult and mature into that and, you know, have them come back. I mean, so many players come back and I try, I, uh, that's one of my biggest concerns with a coach when kids come back and talk to me and say how much coach you helped me so much not only in the field but as a human being being better man better person and those are the kind of things that so when kids come back they see that but oh man unappreciated um wow i mean we're not now with social media we're out more yeah but i mean years back i mean you look i mean yeah, everybody around here knows bill morgan but he did a great job with the defense bernie stop with the offense ray ritchie which is i love ray i mean he was here and a great coach and like he called the offense basically when john was here um gersky was here um billy moore i mean billy hawes who kind of behind the scenes didn't say much but called the offense when slum was here yeah um you know a lot of the coaches in years past weren't big guys because of social media or whatever weren't out and open people don't know who they are yep. now i go somewhere and like hey coach how you doing and i'm like i'm doing great and i don't know <laughs> You're, yeah i mean this week we have you know 100 kids running around for youth camp and i guarantee you in the next two weeks i'll see 50 of them and they'll hey coach hey coach and i can't remember their names there's a lot of them running around yeah so we're kind of more in a public eye now than we used to be but uh but no there's the, the numbers are astronomical on people forgetting and just people putting time in and just doing the right things and being successful I and mean, you know these kids a lot of kids are very successful now outside of athletics yeah and that's what i'm really proud to say how about um a memorable game as a player or or one in the last you know 19 years you've gone through so far and coach Don's when i asked him this he rattled off, you know, ten to twelve, and ninety percent of them were losses. Yeah, is it those are the, the ones you? Stick. Yeah. Um, going back, uh, I remember my sophomore year, we were playing at McCaskey, and uh, I was at backup, and it was later in the game, probably a couple touchdowns. I get in the game, and they had a running back number thirty-three. Don't remember his name. Yeah. He was a very good running back, but he ran a little something out in the flat, or he ran a flare pass or something. I'm like, oh, I'm lighting this guy up. I'm running out there full speed, and next thing I know, I left my feet. And I turn around and look behind me, and he's running he's 20 yards behind me. And so I remember that sticks out to this day for some reason. Um, <laughs> my senior year, I mean, junior year, I remember, well, I remember um, sacking Frank Reich, who was at Cedar Crest my okay, junior year. Yep. That was awesome. I hit him and slid down and bonded back a little bit. <laughs> um, but my senior year, I remember one of my biggest memories senior year is beating um, McCaskey here 7-6. Okay. Um, which was awesome because we, we, we were undefeated. We had a really good team. And we had actually scored a touchdown, and we weren't good at extra points. Lee was our kicker. And he was an okay kicker, but he wasn't great. And he had to kick the extra point to win the game. We won 7-6. So that was kind of a neat accomplishment. Um, as coach, um, I think looking back, a lot of wins were great. But uh, looking back, I think um, the win at Lancaster Catholic a few years ago, 14-7. Yeah. Yeah, with Junior and Yeah, Rock, we had a goal line and... stand. And that was just a tremendous game. It's, I remember that game vividly. Like, I can't believe how much I remember about that mm -hmm. game, talking about who made tackles, things yep. like that. Other games are wins or wins. But then you look at most of the stuff. I mean, I'm looking back at the uh, the loss to Bethel Park still haunts me. Um, that game just sticks with me and will always stick with me. The loss to Harrisburg, 17-14. Um, back to back years. Yes, the loss to Mifflin when they Marcy ruled us in playoffs. That just back to back to back years just sticks <laughs> there. Um, 
you know, the loss to uh, Pittsburgh Central Catholic a few years ago when we lost to them where, I mean, yeah, the score was... 2016. Yeah, the score was score was a lot worse than the game was. I mean, we throw a, we throw a fade down the sideline. If Brian makes a nice catch, I mean, we're within a touchdown of that game. But they were better than us. I know that. But we played exceptionally well. Um, Pine Richland. 2014. Losing yeah. to them when, you know, they had to score 20 points or throw 14 points in the fourth quarter to beat yeah. us. Um, those things lingered. The, the Warwick game last year, even though I don't remember it, <laughs> that is fresh big time. Um, uh, the, loss in, the loss in the playoffs of Mayheim Township two years ago uh, sticks with me because I thought, you know, we were, we were on a verge 21-14 yep. punting, and I thought we had things together, and then we fumble, and then they score on the first play and bang us 14-point game. So, you know, I think Doug's right. The, the losses stick with you. I mean, the, the winning is great, but the losses just haunt you. Yeah. And – I look at it, me, and I, when we lose a game, what did I do wrong? And honestly, I mean, as a coach, I'd rather get beaten thoroughly than lose by a touchdown or a field goal because I look back and what I did something wrong. That one point. small change could have altered the entire. Yeah, and that's where I take it a lot. And my wife says I shouldn't do that, but I do. I put it all down my shoulders a lot. I did something wrong. That was personally, I let the kids down, and that's something that eats at me when I feel like I let the kids down, and that really bothers me. So that's why the losses much further outweigh all the wins. And I think nearly every coach and probably everyone I talk to here would do the same thing. And I think that's what part of the reason that people, some people stick around at coaching because if you're only ever looking at the good, you're never having that, that look inside of you. What, you know, what happened? What can we do to get better? If you're not trying to get better, what's the point? So yeah, we have to reevaluate ourselves all the time. And, and I, I mean, I'm, I've been coaching a long time, probably I think it's my 20th or 29th total year, whatever it is. But um, I still go to coaching clinics and every year I come out with coaching clinics with new ideas and new something. I mean, and honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm a nerd, but I watched the, I recorded the bowl games last year on the coach's channel on ESPN. Mm -hmm. And I've watched them each five to six times. Where they, they, they talk about the game as it's They happening. break the film yeah. down. And honestly, I picked up some really neat stuff from those guys. <laughs> I mean, the coach from Duke, uh, Cutcliffe. Yeah, blew me away. I just could I couldn't listen to him enough. He had fantastic ideas and philosophies, and we incorporated some of that. Actually, what we're going to do this year. Excellent. That's good. That's great. Um, last kind of look back over you know your time as a player or coach. Was there ever something that was super different, or I call it odd or weird with with Doug yesterday? But uh, what he pointed out wasn't odd or weird. It was just something that stood out in his mind, not necessarily related to the play on the field. You know, whether a game delay, something with the referee or an opposing player or coach that, that just stands out to you. The one that stands out the most was, I don't know if it was, was it your junior year at O.J. Roberts or your senior year at O.J. Yeah, Roberts? Yeah, that was junior year, yeah. We go down... <laughs> Game one or game two? Game two first for us. Game. No, it was first Our game. Our first, yeah, yeah first okay. Game. We go down for that first game, and it's sunny, it's hot, it's a humid, it's humid, you know, in, in late summer. And first quarter, 14 nothing, and storms roll in, and we leave the field. Okay, well, you know, because we've done that before. We yep. came back Saturday and played. Or, the year before against Harrisburg here. Or delay, whatever it is. Okay, we'll just, we'll, we'll figure it out. And the hour in, the refs come up and said, We're done. We're done. And what? we just stood there, excuse me? Like, it's what? And it's like, yeah, they, they said they wanted to we were, we were We were, I think, on the verge of taking over the game at that point. But the coach was like, yeah, we're going to Penn State to watch them play tomorrow, and we don't want to come back and play, so we'll just – we're done. Yeah. That was the – to this day, like, my jaw's dropping still. The weirdest thing. I, <laughs> How do you explain it? I felt bad for the kids, and I'm not a records guy, but Chad lost three quarters of football. Yeah. And he set some records, a nice career, don't get me wrong, but how many guys missed a century club 
for yardage or tackles. That's true. Or, That's true. There's a lot of little things. Like I said, I feel bad because the kids missed that time. Like, I'm going to coach again. And I still look at it today. Guys, I want to have a good year, but guess what? I'll be back next year. So this was seniors last year. But that was the last year. That was mm-hmm. what happens if the kid gets hurt that week at practice and never played again? That was his chance. That puts apart. I wasn't stunned for anything except why are we shorting the kids? Yeah. That just, and I don't think, I don't think that's ever happened anywhere else. I, yeah, it was the first real one. I was on the team. I'm sitting there and, and the Katapia comes over and it's like, we're done. We're, Dude, pack it up. We're going home. And we're like, we come back? No. No, we're it's over. We won. That we won. Was, we played 16 minutes of football. Yes. That was the weirdest thing I've ever been involved in Wilson football. I just, I, and to this day, I'm still dumbfounded. Yeah. I just, I, I, and it's, it's funny. That's the one that you bring up because I just, you know, I did the, the My Wilson football story with Chad back in March and uh, went through his entire career here. And when we got to his sophomore year, my junior year in 2001, and that's the first game. And we talked about it. And he was, same thing. He was like, really? Like, this is, we, you let us play one quarter and then three minutes in the second quarter and you send us home? I'm deal. It just it doesn't make any, it no. makes no sense looking that, back on it. So No, and that's, it's, and like I said, it just, I, I I don't understand. <laughs> just flabbergasted. I mean, scratching my head then, scratching my head now. It just I was, and I'm we're leaving. I'm like, wait, we're not playing. Like even leaving, we're not coming back. Well, because like, we actually, I mean, and I can't remember if this happened in 2001. I know it happened my senior year the next year, where um, a whole bunch of rain things pushed. You know, we're at Penn Manor. They have Millersville going on. They have other things. We played Monday. We yeah. played a game Monday and Friday that week. Yeah, it's funny because. Chad and, and Lahato had like combined uh, eight touchdowns yeah, crazy. in one week. Yeah. Like Monday, Friday, yeah. they had like eight or nine touchdowns or something. And we, like that. we played at Manhattan Central a few years ago on a Monday afternoon because yeah. they had a real yeah. bit of flood down that there. Crazy flooding. I mean, now we have turf. I understand it better, but but I just don't get the fact of we've been here last year. I think our first two home games were, were yeah. moved yeah. back for starts because it's rent. but not till the kids play. Yeah, it's like let them play. You know what I mean? Like I just, I and like I said that's still the strangest moment of me as a coach. I've seen some different things, but that one sticks out. Like as soon as you said odd, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Yeah, that. I mean, I can't think of something more odd in my brief career. You know, here before before now, thinking back to my three years on on this team, and yeah, going to OJ and Roberts and playing barely sixteen minutes of football, yes. and then saying, "Nope, you won. Good luck yeah. next week." And the yeah. thing is, we went to we went to Whitehall next week. I got beat. No, that we hosted um, the Stroudsburg. That's here right, Stroudsburg. That's and right. came out of the gates crazy, went up big, yeah. and then fell off a cliff and couldn't do much second half. And that's then right. the next week was at Whitehall. Okay, right after nine eleven. Because after that game, that's right. It was right after because we were thinking that game like we didn't get a lot of time on the field, and you know, because you scrimmage, you want to come out healthy, and you know, you, you kind of monitor the plays, but. In that game, losing that game time, that's three quarters of a game time. Yeah. And for experience for well, kids. That's what, you know, Kentafi, of course, was interviewed in the newspaper after the Stroudsburg victory and said, he's like, this was essentially our first game. Yeah. Like, we didn't get to work through much at all. Special teams, yeah. quick change, anything. Well, and, and you and, and, and Doug say all the time that really it takes until at least the second week, if not the third week, to finally get everything going. And that Absolutely. was a bigger point when teams were starting in week zero and Wilson wasn't, yes. that was a bigger problem. But Absolutely. now it's second year we're on the same page. But yeah. week two and really week three is when things are finally clicking. And for you to miss almost an entire game because of weather and they're not wanting to make it up, it definitely qualifies as odd for sure. <laughs> yes. Um, you talked about going to clinics and watching video and stuff. Um, what is your 
coaching philosophy? Like, where do you get your inspiration from? Uh, is it the existing coaches that you played for here, like Coach Gursky you mentioned, and a variety of others? Or is it from the college or pro ranks over the years? What, where is that uh, philosophy coming from? Um, I'd like to be an aggressive coach. I mean, I, I, mean don't li- I don't like to be unsound, but I like to be aggressive. Um, and we'll line up and go, if we can go toe-to-toe with simple and simply just play break-based defense, that's awesome. But I want to be a little more aggressive than that. So I take, like, I look at the philosophies, I like the 85 Bears. I mean, I look at, um, you know, just the combination zone Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm a big Pittsburgh Steeler fan, but their defense is always. The steel curtain. Absolutely. I mean, just what they do. Um, I like to be, I don't like, like, I don't think I'm the smartest guy in the room, but I just want to make my philosophy defensively is basically, um, there's so many offenses out there between the RPOs and, and option game and spread game and quick throws and all this air raid stuff. And But my philosophy of my end is if I got to prepare or if we got to prepare for all these different offenses, well, you know what? I'm going to throw five different defenses at you. So now we're going to have five different looks. So you've got to run all your plays against five different looks. And you being a coach, you know how much time preparation takes. Well, you can't run your total arsenal at me. If you got to prepare for everything I got to do, just like right. I can't run my total arsenal on you because I got to prepare everything you're going to do. Yep. So it's kind of a chess match where I'm going to try to get some matchups um, and try to take advantage of the weakest parts. Like I'll, in my breaking down film, I'm, I'm looking at pass protections and looking at a player I can attack possibly and, you know, try to put people in positions to succeed and try to put our best on their worst, basically. Um, but no, I mean, I, I like, I, 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 Again, I'm not a big Bears guy. No, Bender is. I'm not a big Bears guy. But the 85 Bears and that 46 defense, yep. I mean, I was just out of high school, and it was something that I was looking at, and, like, nobody's ever done that. And just watching the matriculation of the game and watching how it changed through the process. And, like, I'm not a Buddy Ryan. I mean, I'm not, like, a Rex Ryan guy. Um, they're sound. I'm sorry. They're, they're a little, like, Chad Henning told me. He goes, you blitz those guys. Somebody's open. They're always uncovering somebody. But you got to know who it is, right? Other what? Because people come from different Otherwise, angles. They're going to smash you. And I can't, as a high school coach, I don't feel comfortable being unsound. So everybody has to be covered. But I'm going to try to bring as much as possible right. and be aggressive possible. I have the mentality of three and out, win first down. Now we're pinning ears back, and now we can blitz and run some combinations, check zone coverages, and mix everything up. So that's kind of where I go from. Kind of like I use. We still play a lot of defense. We played when you were here. And a lot of defenses when well, as I said, was I here. know you're a four four. Like you've been a four four for exactly. how long? And and we try. Like that's our base. We call it Tonka. That's our base package. And um, four by four for the truck. My little Tonka truck. Gotcha. That's what we call it, four by four. It works. Yep. And um, just like offense, change personnel, twelve personnel, eleven personnel, whatever. We just give it scheme defensively, and that's eleven. That's Tonka personnel. But um, but that's our that's our base defense. But obviously we're in a four three three four three five three three. Um, we'll run some four twos. We'll run, uh, we run everything. And, um, so it's my job to get them ready to do that. So, but it's just make teams scheme against everything. Have you done in the past, the one where you have a bunch of basically linebackers or secondary and they're all up on the line standing up? Yes. Have you done, we, we call what that, do you call that? We call, we have two different things. One we call is, um, we call up okay. where everybody's on the line of scrimmage and sprinter stands. We also want to call bubble. Okay. We're bubble, we're yard and a half off the ball. And they don't know who's doing what. Right. And that's the yeah. You're confusing we, them. Who's going to drop? Who's well, going to come? We did that against Hempfield. I don't know, eight, ten years ago, whatever it was. And uh, they called everything at the line. Their quarterback was really good. He played in Navy, I think. Um, they run an option game, and he ran against what defense you lined up against. Well, we didn't line up. So then they had and no they idea took, what to do. They took a too much time penalty on first down. On second down, they had to call a timeout. They couldn't call a play because we were just everybody stood there just looking at him. his read wasn't there. He had nothing because we had eleven guys a yard and a half off the ball. 
<laughs> just weird stuff like that. But you know when it did hurt them then. Now nowadays coaches are much better and and are prepared for things like that. But we'll still run some up stuff and we'll so if you'll, you'll see it in a college game or pro game, you see all those guys ready to come. Yeah. And sometimes they're bailing out, sometimes they're coming. You, then we do that. I mean, and again, that's football's a, a copy sport. Oh yeah, absolutely. And if I see something on a Saturday or Sunday, not Sundays, I don't see a lot of games, but Saturday college games. If I see something I like, rewind. Yeah. I'll get the pen and paper out and start yeah. writing it down. I'm like, I like that, and we'll come in and do some of that. Yeah, stuff. I send stuff to Fernsler all the time. I'm just like, hold on, hold on, DVR pause. I'm like, hey, check this out. <laughs> absolutely, the schemes are. Hey, if a scheme works for one person, it's going to work for the next guy. Right. It's yeah. just a matter of schemes important, but just because I know it doesn't mean a kid's going to be able to teach it. And that's where it comes down to coaching. So defensively, it seems that you mostly focus on preparation, discipline, and aggressiveness. That's kind I, of- I, I mean, I don't want to go into a game where kids not knowing what to do. Yeah. And if I go in and I'm, I can't prepare for everything, but I try to give door safeties where maker checks, just do something safe. Keep us safe. If you're not sure, have confidence. Because, you know, those kids are playing. And if they don't have confidence in what you're doing, they're not going to do it well. Yeah. So whatever you're confident and keep us safe, that's your, that's your go-to check guy. And with Troy and Matt, with so much experience, they kind of know, like Troy said, I hear, hey, can we run this? I'm like, you know, but nobody else does. So we'll get it in. But no, so it's, yeah, be sound, but be aggressive. So you mentioned the 85 Bears. And I like, you know, I mean, I was one at the time and didn't understand anything about football or, or, you know, liking teams or what. But I do enjoy that the Dolphins, my team, are the only team to beat that that 85 team. Oh, they so tore them. They, took, I, they oh, kicked them apart. Monday night in Miami. Yeah, they Marino's took them apart that night. Second year, I think. Yeah, they took them apart. Um, yeah, so I always like that when I get to see them on reruns. I'm just like, hey. Miami ruined their perfect season. No, that, that, and that's they crazy. talk about Buddy Ryan and Rex, Buddy Ryan and um, uh, Dicka like almost fighting at halftime in that game. Yeah, there's many stories about that because <laughs> they couldn't stop them. But then another turn, the offense couldn't do anything. Right, so that was an ugly event. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it's one of those. The, the '85 Bears team is always one that everyone talks about yeah. as being one of the you know best best ever. So, um, with kind of segues into my next question you mentioned not being a fan you're not a bears fan but you appreciated what they did uh, bender's the bears guy do you have a professional team you say you don't watch much sunday football it because i'm doing film everything honestly i, I was keyword was a diehard dallas cowboy guy not shocked okay <laughs> the reason when they let go demarcus Ware. That was the end. That was your. I said, I'm tired of them like giving talent away. I'm tired of them. I know Jerry Jones is a great business guy, but he hasn't won anything since '95. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, when I, I just watching talent leave the door, leave the door, leave. And I mean, it's not that I was. A, I mean, not that I was a Tom Landry guy, but I grew up with Tom Landry. You know what I mean? And it was always that wasn't an issue. And Gil Brand, who was a front office guy down there, just got inducted in the whole thing. Yeah. And I mean, just I respected those guys, and but. They played. They played a certain way. You know what I mean. And when Jimmy was there, they got a little bit. Johnson got there a little bit of attitude, but still played hard. But like I said, when they started letting things run out the door, I'm like, what are they? They're when they let Emmett Smith go. Oh, yeah. What if, I mean, it's just, and I'm, I know he's in his career, but he is a cowboy. Yeah. I mean, and you just, hate seeing those guys at the end of their career yes. move on. Like and that. watching Demarcus, I'm so glad he went. He went up to Denver. Uh, Denver. Won, yeah, yeah. Won, won a Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yep. Um, he's back helping out with Dallas a little bit. Oh, is he? Okay, yeah, he's down. He's that. down there helping him and um, uh, who's Haley? Charles Haley's helping. Oh, well. okay. Both helping down there. Yeah. But um, but no. So I was. But now, like I said, 
I mean, people are going to hate me for saying it, but as long as the Eagles lose, I'm happy. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it. Um, so I'm not an Eagles fan. Okay, I, I, for a long time, I was an Eagles hater because I had to hear about the Eagles and that's, not being an Eagles fan. That's awful. That's where I'm at. But my dad's a Cowboys fan, okay. and I know your family are Cowboys yeah. fans. So that's why I wasn't sure where you fell. Yeah. A lot of people are like, I don't like pro. I like college. Or on the other side, I don't like yeah. college. I, like I mean, pro. I prefer college, but I'll watch pro. Do you like have a t- college team, or is it just Oklahoma. pretty much Oklahoma? Okay. Oklahoma. Now, where does, actually, Oklahoma and Georgia. Okay, where's the Oklahoma roots coming from? Barry Switzer running Barry the option. Barry Switzer, okay. All Barry right. Switzer running the option, running that, running the, the wishbone option. When I was, I mean, I was a teenager, and we used to play. Actually, we, me and Pete Casco were linebackers yeah. together. And we used to play actually out here all the time. And we used, we used to love the option. Switzer, Oklahoma. I, oh, I loved Oklahoma. So, I lo- and that was when Ronnie Lott. I'm sorry, Thomas Lott was our quarterback, and the guy Jamil Holloway. I'm not going to name my son Jamil, but my wife wouldn't let me. <laughs> but, uh, he's a congressman in Oklahoma now, by the way. But anyway, um, but no, Oklahoma definitely, and Georgia, just because. Oklahoma, I don't like to spread stuff, but they do what they do. But I just, I love Oklahoma. And Georgia just, I've always been a Georgia fan. Herschel Walker kind of got Herschel me going Walker. there. Yep. And just, sure. those guys play a certain way. You know, I just, I those are my two favorite college teams. All right. I don't hate Penn State, but. <laughs> I wasn't going to pry. I wasn't going to pry. <laughs> um, I, you know, just the last question, last two questions here. Um, when I talked about the seventh of season stuff, I didn't bring up about the alumni flag football game. Um, that's going to be happening. Make sure everyone is well aware of that. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of people coming back. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but my last thing here, um, and I asked this to Doug and Chase yesterday, and it's, it's an important one. So I put you on the spot. Okay. When Justin and I take our Wilson football movie script to Hollywood, mm-hmm. Who should be the actor portraying you? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, some people say I do a pretty good Tom Cruise. Okay, he's not a real. He's not real. You know. He's, yeah, he's a. Uh, um, I don't want to say it. He'll get mad if I say it. So who? Tom Cruise would get mad when he hears the show. Oh, oh I said I, anything. I got you. Yeah, I don't think Tom could pull it off. But um, uh, let me think. That's a great question. Uh. Uh, uh, let me think, let me think, let me think. It's tough, it's tough. It is. Oh my God, I'm thinking of, uh, oh my God. I mean, Samuel could do it, but that wouldn't work. <laughs> well, hey, you know, we can change. But could do anything. You could throw, throw whatever wrench Samuel in there. Samuel doing anything, absolutely. But you know what? Um, I'm going to take uh, Mark Wahlberg. Okay. Yeah. He's easy to intense dude a little he, bit. Yep. He can get intense. He, but he's got he's got the the uh, the quick comedic reaction, and I mm-hmm. think that that would work well. He's done football movies. That's where so, exactly. Um, yeah. D- Doug didn't give give us a commitment. He he oh. wanted he wanted comedy. He wanted someone. No, funny. we all know who could play Doug Downs. Who's that? The be? Big Lebowski. <laughs> Bridges. Yeah. All right. We actually we pass around school last year pictures of them two together. <laughs> That's who Dom's is. All right. Well, hey, hey, I'm, that one I'm going to mark down. <laughs> so, uh, so that's good. I, I like I like the Wolverine angle. Um, uh, Chase said um, he, he wanted um, as long as they had the beard, he was hoping that he could upsell him a little bit, and he wanted Gosling. Or uh, or Jason Statham. He is reaching with us. What's what he say? He's like, he's if I, this is my choice, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go big. <laughs> uh, Chase is a great addition to the staff, and he's a great comedy. He has great humor, and that just fits right in there. And, well, and we, Justin, and I worked with him last year on the okay. middle school team. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're we're familiar with him. So that he was a great interview. That was he, funny he's reaction. A good dude, yeah. Giving Gosling or Statham. And I could hear him say that. Did he say it right away too. 
I, he took think? some time to think. Okay. Uh, there's some modesty there, right. but he, 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 that's where he landed. And, and I got he's you. like, hey, this is your choice. I want to know who, who are we pursuing? So, yeah, I got you. That's good. Um, but I think I asked everything I needed to. I know okay. you got to run, so I appreciate you joining me and uh, look forward to talking to you on Friday nights after uh, all the victories Wilson's going to pile yes, up this year. Yes, the victories. Yeah. All right, Joey, thank you very much. All right, thank you. So the Wilson staff has a couple new coaches this year, and we're sitting down with one of them now. This is Chase Godfrey. He's going to be an assistant defensive line coach focusing on the defensive tackles. Mm-hmm. All right, and Chase, if you listen to our interview with Coach Doms, you know that Chase was with Justin and myself last year uh, with the middle school football team. We had a combination team with West and Southern, so we got to meet Chase last year, and we thought it would be a good opportunity for the uh, the fans and the community to uh, get to know you before the season starts in 2019. So why, just give us a little bit of personal information about yourself and what your football background has been so far. Yeah, so this will be uh, my second year then with uh, with the with, with Wilson <laughs> High School, uh, second year with the program. Um, really excited to be here. Uh, prior to here, I was working in South Carolina in uh, Fort Dorchester High School in North Charleston, South Carolina, for the past four years. Um, and then I spent one year in uh, Accomack County, Virginia, um, after I graduated from college. And I played four years uh, on the offensive line at Millersville. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Wilson's an awesome place. Uh, it's really interesting to come somewhere where there's a rich history and just being successful. Um you know, in recent history and then over time. Uh, <clears throat> growing up, I went to Perk Valley down in Collegeville, um, and they've had recent success. Uh, but I remember being in high school and, like, I didn't know anything about Wilson uh, before I took this interview. Or I didn't know much, but I definitely knew that they, Wilson had strong football. And I remember that from, you know, 10, 15 years ago when I was in high school. Excellent, excellent. So, um, you know, you mentioned that you're, you're, or maybe you didn't mention. I'll mention you're. You're working with the school district. You're an educator. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What are you teaching, and where are you at? What building? Oh, so I'm in the lower house uh, again this year. Uh, teach sophomore level history, so that's uh, America in the world. This will be my second year teaching that, and then I also will be picking up uh, freshman uh, freshman history, so U.S. history. Excellent. And how did you end up? coming to Wilson? Like, was it a, just a job posting? Did someone refer to you? How did you end up coming here? It was uh, the weirdest thing. Um, I was uh, definitely looking for uh, a new position. Um, and I had a bunch of interviews in, in South Carolina and Georgia. Uh, and I saw Wilson had a job opening, um, as did a couple other school districts in Pennsylvania. Um, and I came up and I uh, interviewed for the position and I met with uh, Principal Trickett and uh and, you know, Matt Bender, and it had a really good feel about things. Um, and fortunately, it just kind of worked out. But, yeah, I just uh, saw the job posting online um, and really glad it worked out. My family recently relocated to the, the Berks County area, so it's, it's, it's nice. Good, good. And uh, you talked about a little bit not knowing when you were in high school at Perk Valley uh, too much about Wilson, but what are your thoughts on the program now after a year? You know, you went through that initialization period. You got to work a little bit at the, with the middle school program, and now you're here on the varsity squad. Um, you know, what are, you, what are your thoughts after the, the first year here? It's neat. Um, you know, after being in several different programs, uh, you know, on the coaching side of things, um, it's definitely interesting seeing similarities and differences between 
uh, programs that are successful, programs that haven't been so successful. Um, and I think the strength or one of the strengths um, that Wilson has is that from Pop Warner through middle school, through the Pony team, and then through the varsity and JV, um, it's a very knowledgeable staff and it's a very passionate staff. And I think the parental support is, is huge. Um, not just for the high school program, but even for the middle school program. And I am thankful that I had the opportunity to spend the year at the middle school um, just to kind of see what our kids are learning or not learning, um, you know, when they're, you know, in their, the younger stages of their career. Uh, and additionally, just the rich support from the school, uh, having football integrated, you know, into the social life of, of the high school. Um, I heard Coach Tom saying earlier that, you know, like the, the focal point of most high schools is football, and that definitely is true at Wilson. Um, it's cool coming out on a Friday night, you know, as a spectator and seeing the, the stadium full on both sides, and it's, and, it's, and that's good. And when you have that sort of a school involvement, it's going to breed or help breed success on the field. Now, you're closest with, because of your positional similarities, with uh, Coach Bominer. Is he the, the mm -hmm. guy who's been kind of taking you under his wing so far? Yeah, he's uh, he's been great. Um, you know, this would be my first time that I've ever worked on the the, the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I've always played and coached uh, offensive line or tight ends or fullbacks somewhere on the offensive side. Um, and then playing in college, I was an offensive uh, offensive lineman. Um, so yeah, he's been great. Um, you know, there's I say to the kids all the time, like you know, it's great having me here because I'll show you exactly what you don't want to do <laughs> um, if you don't want to get planted. Uh, but it's been great. You know, he's been a huge help um, and a huge crutch, especially throughout the summer. And as we lead up going into camp, um, just kind of showing me the ropes and just more position specific things um, to look out for. Uh, and definitely been a good help along with uh, Coach Wolber. Um, just getting me integrated into like the, the Wilson system and the, the, the Wilson way. The defensive lifestyle, huh? Because Coach Wolber eats, sleeps, and breathes defense. You know, he's uh... oh, yeah, he is a. Uh, he might be the biggest bulldog. <laughs> He's a great guy. Now, I know you've only had limited exposure so far to uh, the players, especially your positional group, um, especially when we're talking about in terms of being close to putting on the pads. You know, it only kind of really started now. But mm -hmm. as you've worked through the spring and early summer, uh, what players that you're coaching now or helping to coach have uh, been standing out? Uh, it's, it really is, might be too early to say. Um, with the younger guys, there's a couple, a couple kids that are that are standing out. Um, Miles Perez, he's a younger kid. Okay. Um, he's definitely got a, a lot of work to do, um, but he has just some God-given talent. Um, just being so tall and just naturally athletic, that I, I hope that you know, go looking into the future, he's someone that can help us out. Um, and we have some other kids coming up too that you know they show a lot of potential. Um, and that's fun. It's neat seeing the, the working the younger kids into into the system and kind of seeing that like the light bulb click, and then they start to and they start to understand things. Um, with the kids, with the older kids uh, going right now, um, God, it's it's tough because I don't know everyone's first or last name. <laughs> um, well, yeah, we it's have like, a couple. Of hey, guys, you uh, with the face. You know? uh, we got like, <laughs> I don't know his last name, but we got Jeff. He's Jeff like, Colson. Jeff, Jeff Colson. Oh God, he. Uh, so athletic. Uh, I really got to work with him today, um, and just the motor that he has, uh, just such you know, such uh, fast twitch. 
uh, muscle reaction, just watching him go and beat up on the center a little bit. Kind of felt bad for the kid. Um, <laughs> no, but it's good. I mean, it definitely makes us look better when the kids are very athletic. And that's something that Wilson has, especially up front, a lot of athletes. We talked about a little bit with Coach Doms in the previous interview, uh, the, the, the state of high school football. Um, but I'm just interested in your take coming into the Wilson program now is – is the way Wilson does things similar to a lot of the other places you've been or Perk Valley? You know, is is this pretty much how all Pennsylvania high schools operate now? Uh, I mean, I, it's tough to say. Um, cause I've only been back in Pennsylvania, I guess, a little over a year now. Um, so I don't want to speak for other places. Um, but, you know, from my experience, you know, I was in South Carolina for four years. Um, and... While I could see high school football, I heard rumors or rumblings how high school football was hurting in other parts of the country, at least for South Carolina. It, and football is almost Status a, quo, almost a religion. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, was, it was huge. Uh, but I, would say I see a lot of similarities in the way that we ran things down at Fort Dorchester to how things are run here in the sense that it's, uh, it's a year-round commitment. Um, and I do know, speaking for other schools, that, uh, you know, once you get into the uh, winter and spring, and especially over summer, um, you know the number of participants that you have kind of drops off for your off-season right. workouts. Um, and you know, I think this one of the strengths that Wilson has is, you know, year in year out, the kids are here. Um, and I think that's one similarity that I saw from you know some of the previous schools I've been at is you know you you want to have kids that are just hanging around. So that's you know three success. Keep them busy. So personally, what's your coaching philosophy or who was your biggest inspiration? What do you get out of uh, high, high school sports and specifically football? Is there anyone that you can point to and be like, that's someone that I look up to or I think I mold my coaching philosophy around his? Anything jump out to you or just kind of forging your own path? I, you know, you kind of look back and as you get older, you kind of get perspective a little bit. Um, and I had a high school wrestling coach that really stood out to me. Um, you know, always kind of did things, you know, win or lose, you, you, don't, you don't show any emotion until you get back to the locker room. Kind of an old school kind of a mentality. Um, just someone I always looked up to um, as a father figure, you know, outside of my immediate family. Um, and a lot of what he taught me and bestowed you know, to me are things that I want to emulate to the kids coming up. Um, you know, it is. I, I definitely do think. You know, regardless of its if it's football or any extracurricular, just having kids being involved and around positive role models ultimately is the most important thing if we look big picture. So, trying to make sure that I'm a positive role model and uh, someone that these kids would you know want to look up to um, is something that's important to me and one of the reasons why I wanted to give back. Yeah, well, that's absolutely that's very uh, honorable, and I think Justin and I, you know, we've been coaches for a long time as well, and that's I think exactly. Uh, how we feel. So um, looking to your, your future, is this something you want to continue? Like is coaching something you want to pretty much do? Hey, hey as long as I'm in education, I'd like to keep coaching these kids. Um, and do you, are you happy with an assistant role? Or do you one day see yourself, hey, I'd love to lead a program. I want to be a head coach somewhere. Is that something, is that a goal of yours or you just kind of want to stick uh, where you're at? I mean, it's tough to look, you know, big picture down the line. Uh, but speaking for like, you know, if I had to go like a five year plan, I'm, I'm really happy with where I'm at. Um, I definitely think that being involved in the school as a coach definitely makes the teaching aspect uh, more enjoyable because you build deep, uh, you know, and positive relationships with students um, that you would otherwise you wouldn't be able to have those those kind of connections. 
Um, and, you know, vice versa, being a coach that works in the building is beneficial as well, you know, when a kid's being a knucklehead. Oh, yeah. It's definitely nice having someone in the building to, uh, that they can answer to. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm really happy with uh, with my role right now. Um, but who knows? Yeah. Growing up, I'm assuming you were probably a big football fan. Playing mm -hmm. it, did you watch it pro college? Were you into that, or just pretty much you wanted to be on the field? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, growing up, um, definitely was a, you know, growing up in Collegeville, big Philadelphia, everything fan. So definitely a big Eagles fan. Um, and then uh, you know, for for a college team, I never really, I don't know, I never really got into didn't latch football. on any. Um, but, you know, it's cool seeing some of the kids that I've coached over the years um, in various places. They've gone on to college. Uh, so definitely right now, good Tigers. I'm a big Clemson fan. Clemson fan leads for the next year. <laughs> and then uh, we'll see so, where any of my former players go. You're that street free agent there uh, for college. You can kind of just pick, you know, if you know somebody who's like, hey, I coached him. That's It's cool to cheer for. It's, yeah, it definitely, definitely makes it the, the games a little more meaningful when yeah. you know. You yeah. know someone on the field in some capacity. Now, when you were growing up playing at Perk Valley or when you were at Millersville, was there um, – you, you mentioned Eagles fan, but was there a player in college or pros that you kind of emulated or just looked up to and, you know, was like, that guy knows how to play football. Like, I really enjoy watching him, you know, looking back. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, growing up in the early 2000s, like, how can you not be a Brian Dawkins fan? <laughs> um, or seeing Jeremiah Trotter, you know, come up the middle. Uh, those are definitely moments that you live for. Uh, I definitely think uh, when I was a kid, like middle school, I definitely looked up to like John Runyon, okay. um, just a you know, nasty offensive lineman, um, someone that I wanted to emulate being and definitely fell way short of. <laughs> well, it's funny that the first two you mentioned are defensive guys and you mm -hmm. talk about it, you were on the offensive line, but you bookended, you got Runyon in there. So that was Absolutely. <laughs> Um, that, that's pretty much it. We just have one more question. I don't know if you heard us ask Coach Dums, but this is very important. We just want to know, when Justin and I take our Wilson football movie to Hollywood, who would you have portray you in the film? Ooh. I mean, I always kind of would, would think that, uh, like, a Ryan Gosling. Okay, yeah, I yeah. see it. I see it. Uh, I he might you. have to put on a couple pounds. <laughs> uh Maybe like a plus size Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah, I think those would probably be the best, the best, uh, most accurate be... portrayal of myself. So when on the poster it'll say Chase Godfrey, and then it'll say as portrayed by Ryan Gosling. Yeah, or uh, maybe maybe a Jason Statham. Okay. Yeah. All, right. All right. All right. Any of any of those three, you know, the words out. Would you stipulate the beard has to be? They have to grow the beard though. Yeah, the the beard game has to stay strong. Okay. Yeah. That's what we want to see. That's what we want to hear. So, all right. Well, Chase, I think that's all we got. Do you have anything to add, Justin? Anything to throw out there? All right. Well, thanks for joining us, awesome. and we look thanks forward so to much, talking guys. to you uh, this fall. Perfect. Thank you. All right. So that was our interviews with defensive coordinator Ernie Wolber and new defensive assistant. Chase Godfrey, who you heard us mention, he was working with Justin and I last year with the middle school team. We combined West and Southern, had one team, and and uh, Chase was with us there, so I got to know him a little bit then. It's great to see him with the high school now. But that pretty much wraps up this episode of the show, a little special midweek tease here as we get ready for the scrimmage on Saturday. Justin and I will be back with episode seven, already seventh episode of the fifth season. It's crazy to think about, but we will have that episode this weekend. I don't know if it'll be Saturday 
afternoon, evening, night, sometimes Sunday. It'll be this weekend, though. Just pay attention to our social pages. Check out Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Make sure you like and subscribe and share our stuff. And uh, we'll have a recap of the scrimmage, and we'll preview the Central Dolphin game, which is crazy to think about. But first game is uh, right around the corner. So uh, just keep uh, paying attention to our our stuff that we're putting out there and we'll have a uh, we'll have you covered all season long so that pretty much does it if you have any questions you can always contact me at joe at bulldoghour.com so until next time for justin raffoff and the wilson football program i'm joe mays and remember go bulldogs thanks for listening to this week's episode of the bulldog hour want more wilson football Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.